Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Football is back, and so is Cash the Ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni every week this fall. That's picks, parlays, and that's sweet, sweet value. Cactus included on all the NFL and college football matchups. Full breakdowns on the biggest games, but if you have a life, you don't have 45 minutes to spare, we've got you. We're the most on-demand podcast. We're catered to you and the teams you love. That's Cash the Ticket. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, I'm Mark Shanowski, along with one of the NBA's most popular analysts, Stacey King. We're inviting you to join us on the Gimme the Hot Sauce podcast. So join us every week here in the Hot Sauce studios where we'll be talking about basketball, football, MMA, entertainment, and unique viewpoints from a group of sports experts having a few brews. That's right. Listen up on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Good morning. Bear down, baby. Yes, sir. Bears fans, this is Take the North. It's real simple. You know, if you take a person's legs away, they can't run. With your hosts, David Hahn. Are they setting people up for this unrealistic expectation that 2023, they're suddenly going to use that $100 million in cap space and all this draft capital they have? Voila! playoff contender and Dan Weeder and you think suddenly that there are going to be 40 new players that are all difference makers I just don't know what fantasy land that is we're going to take the north and never give it back welcome to the take the north podcast I am David Haw at the 670 the score studios Dan Weeder from Chicago Tribune fresh off a long day at Hallis Hall we are on the Take the North podcast on your free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And today, this is the Warren Report. Kevin Warren <laughs> introduced as the Bears team president on Tuesday, a momentous day at Hallis Hall. Dan, it was a busy one. That's why we appreciate everybody's patience in waiting a few extra hours for us to get this podcast put together because we were all busy trying to put into perspective what we saw, what we heard. And Dan, I can I can't just put it any other way except for what I said on the Mullen Haas show at a Bears repeating. The Bears hired the most qualified person they've ever hired at Hallis Hall for a big job. And Kevin Warren said nothing that makes me feel any different. Yeah, it was an impressive day at Hallis Hall, and it allows those who uh, want to dream of a brighter future to dream even bigger than they were previously. Because I think what Kevin Warren's arrival does is do what it did yesterday, and it brings an energy, a presence, a buzz into the building that becomes infectious, that then creates sort of this ability to see visions through. And so I think it's going to be really fascinating to watch him uh, get his feet on the ground, determine where he wants to start. You know, George McCaskey told us on, on Tuesday that it will be up to Kevin to set his priorities and figure out which direction he wants to go in first. Obviously, the stadium is going to be a huge part of this. We'll get into more of that later in the episode. But I think when you just talk about presence and energy and the things that we expected to get on Tuesday, we got and we got in an abundance. So just for a few housekeeping matters for people wondering, yes, we're going to talk today about our impressions, 
the stadium plan and Kevin role, Kevin Warren's role in football matters because that's a big point of conversation later this week on Friday morning, we will drop another take the North podcast uh, talking about the playoffs, talking about the draft pick, talking about all the kinds of speculation, maybe some staff moves that are, have gone on by then. We don't know, but we can anticipate something being uh, worth talking about Friday morning on the take the North podcast. And you can also watch us on the six seventy the score YouTube page or wherever you watch your YouTube videos. We are going to be on there on the Odyssey YouTube page as well. All right, Dan, so back to the impressions. We both have been at House Hall for press conferences, end-of-the-year press conferences, introductory press conferences, where you walk out of the building <laughs> and you're like, what, what was that? And I think you want to be professional, but you are inherently cynical. And the Bears have in the past given us too many times and too many reasons to kind of, you know, they've rewarded that cynicism. Yesterday, uh, on Tuesday, it was quite the opposite. Kevin Warren in that press conference, I think, took a major step toward changing the culture, as they say, and reinstilling this sort of, confidence in the organization that feels kind of odd to have in the bears. <laughs> no, it, it is odd. And, and I think you, you said it well there, David, that the, the, what was that moments I think are going to start to diminish and diminish drastically as we go forward, because you have a guy who knows what he's after, knows the type of people that produce the results that, that he's after has a, a an ability to provide opportunity for people to prove themselves and then challenge them to prove themselves even more. That was so impressive on, on Tuesday was, was the volume of it. Kevin gave his opening statement and then took questions for, for almost 50 minutes. And then beyond that, we had a 50, 15-minute Q&A session with George McCaskey and 15 more minutes with Ted Phillips and 15 more minutes with Ryan Poles. And then, oh, by the way, some double backs with Kevin Warren uh, back in the media room in a more intimate setting, smaller group settings to, to ask him some questions, get a better feel for what he is uh, about and, and and what he's after in this. And it was just a, a day that, again, when, when, you, when you finally got home and you finally sat down on the couch and were like, man, there was no what was that feeling. It was a what is this? And it was like a, 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 a energizing, refreshed, what is this feeling? Uh, David, it starts right there. I think when you walked into the media room, there was this, this news release, right, that was, that was sitting on the table in the corner of House Hall, and it had 15 endorsements of people on, on, on Kevin Warren. And it was everybody from NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell to Vikings team president Mark Wilf to the chair, president, and CEO of Sleep Number. Shelly Ibrock <laughs> and the former CEO of American Express. And, and, and like, to me, this is just a small example, but it's representative of thoroughness that Kevin Warren's going to bring to the table, that, that, that there's an, a, an attention to detail that we'll get into in a little bit. And then just to hear Kevin be uh, able to connect with the room, right, and, and relate, you understand why there are a lot of people that have been in his orbit in various stops throughout his, uh, you know, two and a half decades uh, in, in the profession who feel energized by him, who want to follow him, who want to believe in what he's selling. And like, you know, when he talked to us, David, on, on Tuesday, one about taking time out of his schedule to go drive to Arlington Park because he wanted to see what that was about as he was exploring just the job opportunity at the Bears. I thought that was a really cool note of what Kevin Warren does and how he sets himself up to be prepared. And then he followed that up later by sharing the example of, of getting online, buying a ticket, 
parking in the parking lots at Soldier Field and going to the Bears-Eagles game in December so he could just have that experience from a lens that isn't the one he's used to, which is in a suit, in a press box, doing corporate things and just sitting in the stands as a fan and trying to feel what the Bears experience was and talking about the profound impact that had on him. He seemed much more relatable than I think people anticipated, or at least maybe for me, because I had uh, very limited interaction with him in the past. But the ones that I had heard of and the ones that maybe I had seen um, from a media standpoint, he did seem a little bit more detached than he came across on Tuesday in his first day as the Bears president, which reinforced to me this idea of, of how good of a fit this was professionally. And per- personally, but I think we can speak mostly to the professional part of this until we get to know him better. He just seemed very comfortable and at ease and at home. And so all of those names on the, you know, the 15 names and the, and the big names on the list of guys who, who endorse Kevin Warren and they are quoted in the press release. Very interesting. And yet he started off his press conference, Dan, <laughs> I think, introducing uh, his first client, uh, Chris yeah. Orch, or one of his first clients, a former Bear and Notre Dame star who was in the audience beaming uh, proudly <laughs> as a guy that uh, was had a Chicago Bear uh, alumni pin on his lapel. And Kevin Warren thanked Chris Zorich for giving him a chance when he was a 27-year-old uh, new agent in the business and working out of a makeshift office in his uh, wife's father's barbecue restaurant in Kansas City. And I just felt like that talked about, you know, when guys who appreciate where they came from also have this sense of humility that he definitely projected. And I think was important to, to do because it said who he was and said how he's going to manage in this role. Everybody matters and every step of the way matters and you can't take anything for granted. And that was obvious from the way Kevin Warren got his remarks started the other day. Yeah. And he, he said like he was looking at it as this was his first day on the job as an intern with the Chicago Bears. Right. That, that, that he sees himself on, on the level of trying to help everyone around him to the best of his ability, do their job to the best of their ability. And that's a really cool touch as a leader to bring into the building. I also thought it was interesting to hear Kevin kind of talk about his attraction to the Chicago Bears job. Obviously, when you're in a role like you're in overseeing the Big Ten as the commissioner and you've uh, you know negotiated a eight billion dollar media rights deal you've you've added southern cal and and ucla to the conference coming in 2024 you've you've taken these big steps there's not necessarily a a major urge to leave you know in the middle of the momentum that you've built now listen there's probably a deeper story here than you and i know or will ever know about why this is the right time for kevin warren to cut the cord on the big 10 and come over to the chicago bears but just speaking specifically to his attraction to the job i thought it was really interesting to hear him um acknowledge the work that needs to be done and the energy that he has understanding how much work needs to be done and that this wasn't a job that he would take on if there wasn't a lot of work. And so I asked him kind of just about that attraction to the job and and, and here, here was uh, his answer from Tuesday. The thing that was most attractive, Dan, was the fact of the challenge. Uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in, in challenges and uh, I wouldn't want it if it were easy. If all the elements were in place, uh, it wouldn't have been as, as attractive. But the, the main thing is the challenge. And I believe in every organization, there are certain inflection points. And I think the Chicago Bears are at that point from a positive standpoint. Uh, we have so many positive things. I never look at the negatives. There's no such thing as a negative situation. It's just 
opportunities. And I think when you have, starts with the ownership, when you have the McCaskey family, the way they operate their lives and the way they operate in the re- respected nature and to tie this back to be one of the founding franchises, that's what you start with. And then you think about the fans and the alumni and the players and the coaches and the you know, creative uh, scouting department, what Coach and Ryan bring to the table and, and the success that they've had and a young team and draft picks and free agency and all of those different things. Uh, so that's what intrigues me. I, I, I always want to be uh, have something where when you get out of the bed in the morning that you say there's, there, there is too much to do. Uh, because with that, I've learned in my life, that's when I know I'm in my sweet spot. And that's when I know to really have to rely on my relationship with God and, and prayer and faith and to work hard and come together. And so if things had been in place here totally, uh, I wouldn't have been as attractive. But when you put ownership that has their integrity and the foundation that they've set with all the other elements in place, there is no greater opportunity in the world right now in sports. And so to have that here in Chicago with this incredible fan base and this history and tradition, uh, it is truly rare and unique. There's no greater opportunity in the world right now in sports. I mean, you hear those words come out with a conviction and a sincerity from that podium and, and like you feel it, right? Like you feel what the leader at the top of the organization senses here. You and I have used the word sleeping giant uh, via people, right? In recent weeks about how, how the Chicago Bears organization is viewed in the NFL. That right there is Kevin Warren telling you that, that this is a sleeping giant and that this is the time to get it up, right? The wake up call is coming. It's, it's not only the on-the-field stuff, it's the off-the-field opportunities. And the Bears can be valued yes. at $5.8 billion by Forbes and still have this sense that they could be worth so much more. So it's, it's, everything is on a parallel track here. You know, what's going on on the field and related to what's cap- what they're capable of accomplishing off of it. You know, the new stadium ventures going to create its own source of revenue and it's going to widen the stream of revenue but i think that when you have an overall vision like this and the ambition that he stated so eloquently on tuesday you get a sense that every step along the way is going to be every standard is going to be raised that's got to affect the product on sunday it's almost a question that answers itself you have to ask it and i did of kevin warren but i think that you understand when you talk about this change in culture and raising the standards, how inevitably, if you're Ryan Poles, you don't want to let this guy down. And if you're Matt right. Eberflus, you don't want to let Ryan Poles down who doesn't want to let Kevin Warren down. <laughs> and so if you're Justin Fields, you don't want to let – it's a trickle-down effect, and it's contagious. And integrity is important to start at the top, and everything starts there because you set a, you set a tone, you establish a standard, and anything less than that is unacceptable. And over time, it's not going to happen immediately, but gradually you become a better organization. On Sunday, you become a better organization every day because your leadership will accept nothing less. Well, any of us who have been around people who are, or who individually are career-oriented and achievement-driven understand the feeling that Kevin brought up in that last soundbite of being fueled by the idea of there's too much to do today. Right. It's the people that get out of bed and are not overwhelmed by that feeling, but 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 excited that there is so much to attack that can get results when they have people around them thinking like like minded. And and so it's really cool to just kind of hear that, you know, Kevin, in the, the small group session we did later in the afternoon, made it very clear that there are two grand pursuits here. 
on, on parallel tracks here. One is the pursuit of this, this brilliant new stadium that has the potential to be erected in the suburbs of Chicago and on a 326-acre plot of land and the, and the excitement of being able to, to, to put your fingerprints all over that and, and build the best there's ever been after already building one that's, that's close to the best it's ever been at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis while simultaneously trying to help a slumbering football team figure out how to add a second Lombardi trophy to their lobby, which George McCaskey said yesterday was a major goal. We want a second trophy for that lobby. We're sick of wheeling the one around. We'd like to have those those display cases in multiple spots in our building. And so then, David, it comes back to, to what Kevin talked about in, in terms of his starting point of meeting with every single employee in the organization to get not only their feedback to identify strengths of the building, to identify weaknesses of the building, but to then solicit ideas all over the place from a number of different perspectives and then filter through those, put those in the sieve, filter the, the bad ones from the good, and then sit here and go, wow, look at this bucket full of ideas we have to try to implement to make our organization better. Here's some of what Kevin said in a, in a two-part quote about just kind of that connection to the building that he's hoping to establish soon. I'm a relationship person. It's about relationships. It's about family. And I'm looking forward to building an a incredible culture here with the Chicago Bears to meet with every employee one-on-one -on -one to ask them some simple questions. If you were a member of the McCaskey family, what would you do to bring a championship? What can we do to help you on a daily basis? Tell me one thing that we can change to make this an incredible place. Because I, I've learned in life that the power of one, one suggestion can really change the trajectory for an organization in a positive manner. One thought process, one ideal. And so the whole conversation to sit down with staff is to really try to figure out like, what can we do here? And all of a sudden, if you end up getting three to 400 different ideas that you can implement at the appropriate time, you get better. And so I'm, I'm all about information. I'm all about digesting information. I'm all about culture. I'm all about winning. David, here's what I loved about that. He, he didn't say, if we can get 15 to 20 good ideas, now all of a sudden we've got the seeds for something. He said 300 to 400. And if that doesn't tell you who Kevin uh, Warren is in his DNA, I don't know what will. The easiest thing to criticize about the Bears in, in recent years about the leadership has been, and I've written this and talked about it umpteen times, you know, they, they didn't know what they didn't know. Yes. And they that was that was the case because I don't think they realized how to how to find creative solutions to problems that persisted over time. And what you heard from Kevin Warren was I think an uncommon humility, and maybe not uncommon, but maybe a necessary humility to problem solving, a sincerity in meeting with every individual, valuing and respecting these people for what they do and, and their role in the organization. And what that does, not only does it provide you, you know, hundreds of ideas if it gets to that point, but it also empowers each person who works for you, who works for the organization. So there's this sense of pride. There's this feeling of ownership. And it's not, you don't have to be a McCaskey to feel a sense of ownership with the Chicago Bears if this is the way you're going to operate, because everybody's going to feel like they are a part of this. And what happens over time is whether or not they are or aren't, the implication is they are. 
And the real the reality is that they can't be as much as maybe they think they will be. But you want people all pulling in the same direction. That's how you build healthy organizations. That's how you get productivity out of your employees. And over time, eventually, as we talked about, that goes down and affects every employee from the person who is in charge of the receptionist to Justin Fields. Everybody feels a part of this. So this isn't like a, a jewelry box size suggestion box that's going to be outside Kevin Warren's door. It's a dumpster sized suggestion box. He wants that thing full to the top with ideas and everything else that you can put in there so that they can think the biggest thoughts and dream the biggest dreams and try to make them a reality with resources and finances and support systems and the right talent deployed in the right places. And to your point, like the bears haven't known what they don't know. And I've described it as a hierarchical dysfunction that they couldn't identify. Even when people often brought it to their attention and said, Hey, this is a hierarchical dysfunction. And they said, ah, Oh, well, we believe that our system has always worked. And so I tweeted a quote out on Tuesday evening, David, which was, uh, I'll I'll tell you the source of it in a second, but it was from a prominent league source in December, 2021. Uh, If you remember the state of the bears at that point, at the, the final days and weeks of the Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace regime, Things were a mess and they were they were unraveling and nobody could get them unraveled and and everything was uh, just a mess, an absolute mess. And this was the quote. He said, you start from the top, new team president, new GM, new coach. You identify a person at the top that you have confidence in to give full autonomy to so they can redefine who you are and how you do things. And so I, I pulled that up because 13 months later, this is exactly what the Bears have done. They have re done the entire landscape of how they do business there. Obviously, it started last year with the reboot and the hiring of Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. But now you've got this team president at the top that has full autonomy and has full license to redefine how you do what you do. And and, and that, that comes from a story, a deep dive story I wrote at that time in December 2021 about the dysfunction and disorder that was inside Alice Hall and how it could be repaired. And I, I wrote down a couple bullet points of things that people around the league and people affiliated with the Bears said were missing. One of them was an alumni connection. Kevin Warren brought that up specifically during his his introduction on Tuesday, saying that he wants to tap in to this resource rich alumni base uh, and the thoughts and the, and the ideas that those people have general manager blind spots was something that came up in, in, in 2021, Ryan Poles brought that up himself on, on Tuesday afternoon. And we'll get into more of that in a little bit about having someone that can help him understand that he doesn't know everything that can challenge the decisions he makes that can help him see, Oh, Hey, you haven't thought about this because it just wasn't on your radar, but I've had this on my radar in past places. So what if we do this and how that creates productive discussion, the idea of productive oversight and guidance, it's always been sort of this resistance from the top of house hall that you don't want someone meddling in football business. But as we've talked about, there's a big difference between meddling and micromanaging and providing productive leadership, productive guidance and productive oversight. And that's who Kevin Warren is as he comes in. And so it's fascinating to see where this organization was 13 uh, months ago where they are now and it'll be equally fascinating just to 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 take this test of what top-down leadership looks like yeah and the last thing i have about this before we move on to the stadium uh issues are that he told the story about being a member of the rams organization and what dig vermeil told him which i think typifies what we're talking about in that dig vermeil told him that you know everybody's ring is (laughs) no matter if you're an employee of, of the uh you know, Bears and you win a championship and you win one of those Super Bowls that he referenced uh, on Tuesday, that your ring is going to be the same. And so it doesn't matter with the size of your role, 
the size of your ring will will be just the same as as if you're the coach, if you're the president, if you are the quarterback. So I think that also just speaks to how everyone plays a role. Everybody's input is valued, and that's how you build a winning organization. That's a cool message. And just to piggyback off that, he mentioned that 1999 Rams team, which got him his first Super Bowl ring and the greatest show on turf. And they won 13 games in the regular season and stormed through the postseason. And they were a team that was dominant all year. Five Hall of Fame players, a Hall of Fame coach and Dick Vermeil. And Kevin Warren made it very clear on Tuesday that he remembers that they needed to make a tackle. Linebacker Mike Jones taking down Kevin Dyson at the one-yard line as time expired in Super Bowl 34 to preserve a win and get themselves that trophy. So that even in the end, after a, a massively successful season, you still needed that one last detail to actually claim the prize everyone's looking to claim. And he said, that was just another learning lesson for me, that you better have your stuff together. And if the Bears haven't understood how much stuff you need to have together to pursue high-level success in this league, they're going to get it really soon. That was a great story. It left me wondering how poor Kevin Dyson is handling things these days. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to catch up with him. <laughs> Imagine having to live with that one. Yeah, I do think that's a great anecdote. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseballs and boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. And speaking of uh, the greatest show on turf, they played indoors, which brings us to our stadium question and the move to Arlington Heights. All right, let's face it, Dan. It was very telling, like so many other answers. But when Kevin Warren was asked about Arlington Heights being his sole priority, he did not hesitate in saying, yes, that is the main, uh, that is the main agenda item for the first six months on the job. And I think he called himself a, a stadium nerd. Was that? Yes. The, <laughs> he's, so he's, he's a self-described stadium nerd. He is fixated on Arlington Heights. He went out there himself, as you referenced, which is cool to kind of in investigate the 300 acres. And this gave everyone, or it should have given everyone, you know, confidence that the guy that was involved in the U.S. Bank Stadium project in Minneapolis is going to be very uh, much a detail-oriented guy to get this project done. No question. And you become a stadium nerd when you have the, the project for years and years and years of going start to finish with a massive stadium project like the Vikings had with Kevin as their COO uh, in Minnesota several years back. And, and when you see the final results of that and you see the effort and the detail oriented nature that went into that, you say, I want one of those. You, you just you just want the Bears to be able to play in a venue that not only from a stadium standpoint feels like it is 
the top tier, right, and, and of, of the highest excellence. But the game day experience feels that way as well. And there will be things implemented from the game day experience standpoint of things, whether it's fan amenities outside the stadium, whether it's in-game entertainment and things that they do within the stadium. You've probably seen the clips of Vikings fans doing the whole skull thing with the drum beating and how electric that can get. That didn't exist in the old Metrodome. That was new when they got in U.S. Bank Stadium. And so there are things that become part of the fabric of your organization that 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 uh, are tied into this when you have somebody that's paying attention to every detail and then obviously has a staff, a huge staff around him to to make sure those details are being tended to. And so that's going to be part of Kevin Warren's job here is to probably build out a little bit and to expand the Bears personnel in terms of what it takes to truly get the best possible stadium involved. It's going to be really interesting. I think Bears, they, they were very clear, David, on Tuesday and saying, look, first quarter 2023 is when we expect to close on the land. Uh, at Arlington Park. And then if we do close on the land, then we have to make the decision on are we going to develop here? And so that's part of the process in 2023 that will be uh, captivated by as, as Kevin Warren now takes the baton from Ted Phillips. How do you think he will handle the inevitable delays that are to come? This is a Chicago base. It's not the city of Chicago <laughs> necessarily, but we know how construction projects can go around here. We know that there's no simple... Uh, solution. We know that this could also, they could run into unforeseen issues. I, I don't doubt his ability to navigate those, but I do wonder about his, uh, how he will tolerate those because they're, they're, they're bound to show up. Well, this is what people around the league and certainly people around the Vikings organization have said that that Kevin is one of the most connected human beings they've ever been around. And it's, it's I mean, we read you some of the people that were quoted in those endorsements, right? Like that he's connected to people from all walks of life. I imagine from the experience in Minneapolis, he knows contractors and construction so people in big ways. Right. I mean, honestly, it's, it's almost as simple as that, right? And being able to, to kind of help accelerate things. You're not always going to get what you want. You're not always going to get it on the timeline you want, but there are ways to to get things pushed along and, and ways to to make that process smoother. It'll be interesting to watch. I mean, one of the things he said uh, on Tuesday was that um, for those who have never been to an NFL game, uh, it's like going to Disneyland. And I, I thought that was a cool analogy to use because he wants people to have that feeling when they get out of their car on the way to the stadium, when they leave their, uh, you know, get back in their car on the way to leave, that, that they feel like they've they've had an experience, not just gone and watched a football game. And so um, that's going to be part of this as well as just trying to create all of that through all those various connections. I also think it was interesting. I think he was on the score with uh, Bernstein and Holmes show and talked about, he, he didn't say this specifically, but I think he talked about if, if uh, Chicago wants to have a, a Super Bowl and if final fours and basketball, th those are all, things that he mentioned that would require uh, a closed roof and an, an enclosed stadium, Ford Field, U.S. Bank Stadium, these kinds of things that would involve a roof. And I don't know that he anything has been decided yet, but that ambition is when you talk about a 365-day-a-year destination, an entertainment district, all the things that would come with the 326 acres being developed, you would have to imagine that means an enclosed structure that yep. would allow the Bears to – um, host the Super Bowl, which allowed the building to host Final Fours and other events that would keep that a destination throughout the year.
all things that have happened in Minneapolis, right? Yeah. And so Kevin has the blueprint and he said it very clearly on Tuesday that there was boxes and boxes of binders that he had from the U.S. Bank Stadium project that people said when it was finished, ah, you're not going to need those anymore. And he said, I'm glad I kept those, right? Because there's there's things you can tap into within those binders that that tell you, uh, you know, oh, how did we handle this? And, and, you know, Kevin said on Tuesday that they were looking at the idea of a retractable roof in Minneapolis. And then they did the research on it and saw that for the cost of it, most states stadiums that had a retractable roof rarely ever opened it. And so you paid all this money to put this thing on, but then you never really used it for the way it was going to be used. And so they poured that money into, okay, let's, let's find the type of glass that can allow uh, this to, to feel like an open air stadium. Let's get windows on the West end of the stadium that open up and provide fresh air and that, that natural daylight that comes in. And even when you're in a cold weather climate, like Minneapolis, you can take advantage of the sunshine coming in and make it feel like, like a, a, a day. You know, like that there, there's 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 light in the, the, the room. And so so these are all details that he's already worked through in a previous stadium that will help him as the Bears decide what direction they want to go with their stadium. And it, it's going to be just it's going to be really interesting to, to see what the vision is. I, I think we can probably use this as our entry point into why details matter to, to Kevin Warren as well, because that was a, a consistent theme of, uh, of Tuesday was his attention to detail. And certainly that starts with every single nook and cranny of a stadium. Yeah, let's look at some uh, personal details and personal anecdotes from Kevin Warren that we heard on Tuesday. Good segue, Dan. I think it starts with some of the things he talked about good enough no longer being good enough. And when you were on the Mullen Haw show, I, I kidded you about your intro for that show every week has a clip where you say very accurately that this is a <laughs> franchise too often caught flat-footed. And we are actively remaking your intro because we're <laughs> presuming that's no longer the case. And I don't think you want to be held to that because it is a different it's a different era now. And, and Kevin Warren represents that because good enough is not good enough any longer. Right. No. And that right. Like that's that's the perfect way to phrase it, because th th there's not going to be this attitude inside Hallis Hall with anything they do in any department at any level of the building where you can just leave the day and go, eh, that's good enough. Nope. Not good enough anymore. And the, the president is going to push the leaders of all those departments to make sure the subordinates of all those departments understand that that is not how business is done any longer. I'm telling you the difference in culture there five years from now is going to be market. I, and maybe we can save this episode. And if I'm wrong, people can pull this back on me and say, we've got the receipts. You were wrong. The bears still suck. Right. <laughs> like, that, 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 that's the, the worst fear. But I think there's going to be something here that, that, matters in terms of the energy and the attention to detail. Kevin, I think also on Tuesday, David was pretty clear in saying that he's not just a guy that's going to stand in front of a room with a slick suit on and look the part that uh, his words were, you better be able to operate with dirt in your mouth, which was his way of saying that if you're going to be a leader that gets results, you better understand what the grind is. You better be invested in the grind and know that all of those things that allow you to have the flash and the sizzle are made possible because of the grunt work you do and the grunt work you inspire from everyone around you. And as writers, we both appreciate a good backstory. And what you're referring to, I think, started with what he went through as a 10-year-old boy when he was in a car accident and he was in traction and then he was in a body cast. And basically, he was spent a year of his life literally on his back. And he described that uh, year uh, on Tuesday when he was you know, being introduced. And he talked about what that 
what that uh, meant to him in terms of making him it, it, it creates shaped his life there's no doubt about it when you're 11 years old and you have to learn that kind of discipline and you have to ponder you know the kinds of things that no 11 year old should wonder what happens <laughs> if there's a fire what happens if i choke and he's, these kinds of things and and what he said about that experience too dan also resonated with me was that you know the doctors told him there are going to be days where you make a lot of progress there's going to be days where you make a little progress but there should never be a day where you make no progress. And that, to me, you know, Kevin Warren said a lot of things that were memorable on Tuesday, but those are words to live by. And I think that he has lived by those words. Yeah, and, and not only lived by them, but it, but inspired those around him. And I think, you know, that's one of the things that in the scouting report of Kevin Warren that you bring out from other people that have been in his orbit for a long time is the understanding that developing people matters to him understanding that he wants to bring people along for a similar journey that he's experienced in his own career rise. And when you have that developmental piece to things, I, I can't even explain how much that matters, right? Like I, I took a leadership seminar many years ago where they said, you know, think back to the greatest leaders that have ever been in your life, be it a teacher, a youth sports coach, a boss, and think of those things that they gave you. Right. And then for me, you know, my, my list was connection, direction, energy. I believe enough in my own abilities and am confident enough in what I do that I can have success without a ton of help around me. But when I have, when I have people around me that give me connection, direction and energy, all of a sudden the results triple and they quadruple and you go, man, this, this is it, right? Like this is the stuff here. And that, and that energy comes from challenge, right? It comes from somebody that supports you, that, that, that gives you confidence, that gives you, um, you know, encouragement and, and then, and then just has shared goals. And, and so that's who Kevin Warren is. And he's going to figure out ways to tap into different parts of the building in different ways, but he's going to be one of those leaders that, that gets those traits of, you know, good leaders to come to the forefront. He's also competitive, and I love the story about living in the neighborhood in Overland Park, uh, Kansas, and he talked about his wife, Greta, who was there, and the, they had a Yard of the Month club, um, or Yard of the Month that was being awarded, not a club, but he then he got into it, and all of a sudden he was competitive, and they ended up being uh, a guy who won the Yard of the Month, and because of the work that he put in, and that just speaks to just how competitive. It was a fun little anecdote, but it was also yeah. As was his story, I think we have. Well, hold on with the yard of the month club because I I just want to follow up on that because I got a few more details in this small group session that were pretty funny because I just asked him, okay, when was that? And that was fresh out of college, as you mentioned, they were living in Overland Park, Kansas, and in their starter home, and 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 all of a sudden, Kevin Warren understands that this yard of the month honor is being given out in the neighborhood, and and the competitive juices kicked in, and in his words, he said, "You lean into it, you know, you lean into it with passion in everything you do." And so he, he, I said, "So what was the secret to to your lawn?" He said, "A lot of fertilizer and water that a lot." people weren't doing but he also went and saw a guy he said a guy named cornelius who told him how to use straw strategically at certain times of the year when the grass was uh changing due to the seasons and that that made a big difference and then finally kevin warren got that sign placed you know they came to his door and said sir your yard of the month sign and he said not only was he was he thrilled to get that sign but the first thought in his head was can we go back to back (laughs) (laughs) that's that's a great that's a great anecdote yeah i i I think that's pressure too. I, I would not want to be his neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Peer pressure. He also had a great story about um, 
the pebble in your shoe that I think it's better to hear in his words than mine. Here's what he had to say. And if you, you know, I always say all the time, you can put the smallest pebble in your shoe. It may not be bad if you're walking around the house, but go try to run a marathon. And so that's what we have to make sure that we're very organized. Their details are methodical. I believe in no missteps. I tell the story all the time. I was blessed with a Super Bowl ring and a Super Bowl trophy because Mike Jones made a tackle at the one yard line. And so you think for us, you know, we had a successful season at St. Louis, the greatest show on turf. We won all these games. We were only behind four minutes and 24 seconds the entire year. And it came down to one tackle at the one yard line with five Hall of Famers and a Hall of Fame coach. So that tells me you got to have your stuff together. We cannot uh, not be on the same page. This is all just what we talk about, David, just the attention to detail and what Kevin is going to demand from everybody in that building and how quickly it will become the norm. And that's the thing, right? Like once it becomes a norm, once you get up and running, all of a sudden the pursuit of success puts you on a moving walkway. And now you're moving quicker because you're, you're, you're tending to all these things. And I, I thought to piggyback along with that, Kevin also had just some, some more description of what he's looking for and how he helps that this philosophy and this, how he hopes that this philosophy and this approach ultimately enlivens the building. Here's what he had to say there. So I just think in doing that, and then even like with our media deals and all the kind of stuff, just details, you can take a average person with average talent and make them exceptional if they're focused on the details. So that's one thing is that, you know, just from that detail. And what I would expect here is the same thing. I will never ask anyone who works in this building to do anything that I don't do myself. But we just have to focus on the details because if you get enough people from staff to coaches to scouts to your head coach, your general manager, to our fans, to our players, to our ownership, to our alumni, just getting a little bit better on the details, majoring in the margins a little bit better, what you can get there is really, really, you know, special. So I think that's what it comes down to. And then it becomes a culture because then those are people, it's kind of like taste buds. You know, after a while, you're like, okay, those are people that you start getting attracted to that you bring into the organization who, you know, who, who, uh, who follow that. And then you create that environment where people are focused on, on the details. Um, and it just raises the whole level. This may surprise you, but I started to fill out a job application to work for the Chicago bears after hearing some of that, right? Like it's just the kind of pep talk that, that, that inspires you. Be careful what you wish for, Dan. (laughs) You may hear this and, uh, and take you up on that. I think it also just depicts somebody who uh, is used to being around or has experienced making his own luck. You know, we talk about good fortune and all this. You, you create your own opportunities sometimes. And Kevin Warren is not somebody who was granted anything. He worked for everything he got and he had overcome a lot in his own way. And it was it was powerful and it did make an impression. I don't think I was going running for an application, but I do think that he, he definitely vowed to make House Hall a healthier place to work. Yeah. And, and, and it's gotta be healthy for the people who are most significant in his orbit. And you know who those people are. And those are the people that need to produce the results on the football field that make all of this actually matter. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about where uh, the team president will um, involve himself in football matters. So the George McCaskey portion of the uh, news conference on Tuesday included the fact that you reported last week, Dan, that the general manager, Ryan Poles, will report directly 
to Kevin Warren and no longer to the chairman, George McCaskey. That was an expected move. I think it's not insignificant either. And as we have talked about, Kevin Warren is not the prototypical football guy in that he wasn't a player and he wasn't a coach. and He doesn't come up through the ranks that way, but he has been around winning organizations and he has been around the NFL for a very long time. He knows what he's looking at and not asking him to draft anybody, but I don't, I always think that's a little overstated when you have his experience, you'd be a fool not to, not to use that to your advantage. So if you're Ryan Poles, I think you welcome the sounding board. Well, I can tell you, and we'll hear from Ryan Poles in a minute, that Ryan Poles is genuinely energized by the opportunity to work with Kevin Warren and to have this sort of back and forth in his uh, day-to-day you know, pursuit of what he's trying to pursue in terms of a roster build that invigorates him because he understands that Kevin can be a resource, a sounding board, a guardrail, somebody that can help him consider things he hasn't considered before and that that naturally just provides – productivity look like there, there's not going to be a situation where uh kevin warren comes in and overrides ryan poles and says no you're not making that decision this is my decision i'm going to dictate what we're doing here but there's going to be productive back and forth and i don't think you can underestimate what that means and what it means to have it come through a sophisticated lens we've talked forever about the bears having difficulty in their structure because they haven't had that sophisticated lens the the, the analogy that i've given for years is that it's like me taking my car in for a sixty thousand mile service and the mechanic finishing and bringing me out there pop on the hood and tell me also to walk underneath and say Say, how does it look? And me going, yeah, it looks great. <laughs> and that's how the Bears have been analyzing the, the leaders of their football team forever. I have no idea what I'm seeing. I have no idea what I'm looking for. And so that, that, that doesn't allow me to perform a, a comprehensive review of the job that was just done. And I'll find out, you know, six months down the road that, the, you know, the, the catalytic converter is broken or the axles are off or whatever. I'm not a car guy, as you can tell. So this, <laughs> this analogy is stumbling around a little bit. But you get the point. And what Kevin Warren does for Ryan Poles is he gives him a chance on a regular basis to have someone who gets it and understands where they're going and which rope they're pulling. I don't think you're necessarily looking for details like, well, he can't block this play and he can't run that route. You're not talking about route trees. You're not talking about details of football. You're talking about direction. And when you have a guy with his experience, you rely on that direction, that wisdom. And so that's what the value is for Ryan Poles, a 37-year-old general manager, going through this for the first time. And you want to be sure that you have that you feel secure in every decision you make and you're going to feel a lot better about it if you get the endorsement of your boss the man you report to that's that's collaboration that's not it's only the insecure leaders who feel yes. like that is you know that threatens them or threatens their authority so i think it was refreshing to hear that kevin warren who probably is the most qualified uh, NFL executive in that building is going to be a part of this. And I think it's, it's going to be a very natural exchange between the two at a time when they're go- now more than ever with the first time they've had a first overall draft pick since 1947. This is the ideal time to get more people in the room, not fewer. So a couple small branches to, to what you just said there. And, and Kevin Warren in the small group session brought up uh, an example from his time in Minnesota. And it was the drafting of Adrian Peterson, which I think was 2007. You can double check me on that. But his words were, don't see ghosts under the bed. Right. And so this was an example of something from his past in the draft where people were going, well, Adrian Peterson was supposed to be picked top three. And now he's at four. And now he's at, well, how did he get to us at seven? There must be something wrong. And the Vikings all along said, don't see ghosts under the bed, 
Like we've got, this is it. This guy just fell in our lap. Let's not overthink this. Let's take him. And what do they, they get? They get a guy who ends up winning the league MVP award at some point in his career that other six other teams passed on for whatever reasons. And so that type of experience allows him to provide an anecdote to Ryan Poles that may help him if he's struggling with a player. Well, I love this guy, but why doesn't everybody else love him as much as I do? Well, let's, let's, let's talk through it. Let's watch film. Let's see if either of us has connections to anyone in his past that can help us, um, you know, get some more insight on what makes him tick, what, what, what he does well, what he doesn't do well. Those resources are invaluable. I think there's some pushback, David, and you can respond to this in, in terms of, okay, Kevin Warren seems like a great leader, but how is it going to help the football team win the NFC North? My first response to that would be, what if Kevin Warren does things to help Ryan Poles do his job better, which then helps Justin Fields to do his job to the highest level, and all of a sudden you've got this channel effect where you've gotten leadership that helps everyone do their job to the best of their ability and you're not trying to dodge obstacles as much as you're just trying to stay the course and go forward and that's where i think a team president in this role with this level of connection to the general manager can make a big difference you know i always say that two of the biggest missteps in the last decade during my time on the beat that the bears made was the 2017 draft process and then in 2000 after the 2020 season when they decided to stay the course with ryan poles and matt nagy and then allowed them to draft the quarterback without job security that then put the first year of Justin Fields' development in a compromised state, which they're still trying to work through, those are missteps that I don't think will happen. And so when you have somebody at the top that can can allow, uh, that can make sure that those missteps don't, don't happen, that can provide the guardrails, you can see how it will make a big difference in the long term. Those are great examples. So is 2015 when uh, team president Ted Phillips enlisted Ernie Acorsi's help to search for a head coach and hire Ryan Pace, who then uh, had John Fox foisted upon him, perhaps. I mean, it wasn't the greatest, most uh, seamless transition. And you wonder what that would have been like had there been stronger, clearer leadership or had they not needed to go outside the building. Because I think when you do that, I'm not sure what what purpose it serves necessarily. And it also it, it acknowledges the fact that you're not capable of doing the job yourself. You can go back to uh, the lack of a strong, clear uh, decision maker uh, or a conventional decision maker when they picked Mark Trustman over Bruce Arians, which turned yeah. out to be a, a historical blunder. And there are other examples along the way. Frankly, Dan, I, I wondered this aloud on the air on the Mullane Hall Show the other day. I don't know that it would have been any different, but I would have loved to have had Kevin Warren's input with Ryan Poles as they went through the Roquan Smith saga. I don't know if Roquan Smith would be locked up long-term with the Chicago Bears still at Hallis Hall uh, if Kevin Warren would have been the team president because I just don't know now what that means. You would make – I think that they're – they're in a position now, in my mind, I think in our minds, to make smarter decisions, sounder ones that make a little bit more sense. Well, that specific anecdote, like I think we all agree that Roquan Smith's exit was in part friction based. Yes. And so it's like, what if you were able to manage the friction well in advance of the friction actually occurring and, and you a- didn't allow hard feelings to become part of what, what became the divorce? Yeah, that, that's all I mean. Is I, I'm not saying that Kevin Warren has got this great idea and philosophy about off-the-ball linebackers and three yeah, right. defenses versus 4-3 defenses. I'm talking about my contention that at some point in time, personal 
feelings did uh, affect Ryan Poles' professional judgment. It was it was a little bit awkward, and there there were there were you know there was friction that might have been avoided had you had a smoother, more experienced leader involved collaborating with Ryan Poles. I don't know if it would have made a difference. Maybe it wouldn't have, but I can't I can't think that somebody as impressive as we have seen Kevin Warren already to be wouldn't have had a say. Maybe it would have had the same conclusion, but wouldn't have been involved in something that delicate. Not only collaborating with Ryan Poles, but having the opportunity on multiple occasions to sit down with Roquan Smith and say, yes. listen, like I, I understand that, that you have some hard feelings about X, Y, and Z, but let's just explain to you how an organization has to look at these things through a big picture lens. And we don't want you to take it personally. There's a, there, there, there's a tact and a grace that, that becomes a part of that. Now, that, listen, that's a complicated scenario, but it's, it's a good one to bring up because there's going to be dozens of these every year to some extent. And at some point in time, it's like, well, let me tell you about the time we dealt with this with the Rams. Let me tell you about the time we dealt with this alliance. Oh, yeah, this reminds me of what we dealt with with the Vikings. Look, <laughs> somebody, somebody who, somebody who uh, has had that much experience is inevitably going to be better at dealing with crises that come up than somebody who is doing it for the first time. That's just. That's just common sense. This is for a different podcast, but the 2010 Vikings are a case study in crisis management. They had 150 things go wrong in that season, including but not limited to the stadium roof collapsing. <laughs> right. And then that. having to go having to go play that. outdoors and having to go. There were there were 100 things within that season that, that Kevin Warren experienced and was a part of that will help guide him. But look, like I, I said to a friend of mine on, on Tuesday, I said, anyone who's ever had a great boss gets it and understands why this matters. Anyone who hasn't doesn't. And that's fine, right? There'll be a different opinion and you, and you won't really understand what, what a great boss does to produce results. Ryan Poles is the guy that matters most in this because his job right now is to take the team that finished with a, the league high 14 losses, franchise record 14 losses, a 10-game losing streak, and try to turn him into a, a, a champion and a team that can sustain success over a long period of time. His relationship with Kevin Warren matters the most. And again, what I said earlier is the sincere energy that he has is significant out of the gates. Now you have to be able to maintain that. You have to be able to retain that. But here's what uh, some of what Ryan Poles had to say Tuesday on what excites him about the chance to join forces. Yeah, the collaboration piece, the challenging part, um, to sit down and have an idea. Um, the one thing you can probably tell and where we are alike is just the creative thing. There's nothing better to sit down with a group of people that are creative and just feel completely free to dump your thoughts on the table really cool things can happen from that and it can circulate and come out with making a really cool decision that can help our franchise take the next step though that's going to add to the list of ideas i think ryan poles probably has a couple hundred himself so that's probably why the number is up in the 400s or something i hope that they're it's going to take that creative approach and that open-mindedness to deal with the amount of proposals the bears will receive for that number one draft pick that's just one small part of this, but you multiply that with all the decisions that a general manager has to make in any given day, in any given week, in any given year, it helps to have somebody who has been through it before.
Just on a side note, Ryan Poles did bring up that number one pick on Tuesday and said it's too early to sort of gauge what the market is for that, that most teams at this stage are still working through their, their free agency boards and figuring out what's available in that market, then putting together kind of their, their, their draft visions and then trying to uh, you know combine those two things to figure out what they want to do to spend. And so he said it'd be about a month or so before he really knew what the auction was going to be like for that number one pick. I hope the Bears are able to turn this into, uh, as I told you on, on 670 The Score, a gift basket full of picks that they can use this year, next year, maybe two years down the road to make themselves a more complete football team. Uh, right now, that's a wait and see proposition and we'll see where it goes. But but certainly Ryan is going to have someone that he can say, hey, this trade's been offered to us. W- what do you think? And then there'll be a discussion and ultimately they'll come to a decision that they think uh, makes sense. We'll talk about that draft pick and we'll talk about the playoffs. And we'll talk about other things besides Kevin Warren in our next podcast at drops on Friday morning. Anything else about this one before we wrap it up? The Warren report. Yeah, no, I just, I look, I I think the energy uh, injection is real. And I think the energy uh, injection is going to be consistent for a long time. And then it's all a matter of, of what shape does this take? What are the first priorities? Obviously, we're, we're on pins and needles waiting for some developments in the stadium project to figure out what that looks like. And once we start to get uh, some some drawings, right, and some videos and, and some things to look at on what Arlington Heights could be, I think that's going to be when the excitement on that project goes up two or three levels. Hopefully that's within this calendar year. We're sitting here in mid-January. We just met the new Bears president. The Bears are looking at Arlington Heights to build a new football stadium and a new home. And they have the number one overall draft pick with Justin Fields as the incumbent franchise quarterback. There's a lot of reasons that, number one, Bears fans can feel optimistic. But also, this is a very intriguing team all of a sudden and a very interesting franchise. And 2023 is going to be full of great storylines great developments and and more surprises along the way, which makes this a lot of fun. I texted someone earlier today and said this is an ideal time, capital I-D-E-A-L, ideal time to be covering this franchise because it's a fascinating period and there's going to be a lot that happens in the near future. And it's uh, I'm glad that Take the North is off the ground and running because we've got a forum to, to keep everybody posted and in the loop on, on all that's ahead for this team. It's also an idea time. If you've got some, I've got about 400 of my own that um, we can play with and put on Kevin Warren's desk because he is an idea guy, as we heard. No, you're right. It's a lot of fun. It's going to have plenty to talk about. There's no shortage of conversation, and we'll be right here for you doing that on the Take the North podcast. On your free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast, don't forget 670 The Score YouTube page. You can watch us, and we'll be back here on Friday to talk more about the number one overall draft pick, Luke Getzey, and what he's going to be doing in the next couple weeks at the Senior Bowl and anything else about the NFL playoffs that has a Bears connection. We will talk to you then. Thank you for listening to the Take the North podcast. The Warren Report is finished, and we will talk to you on Friday. Great talk. See you out there.